0: christy hi hello so nice to be back with you for our biannual podcast (laughs) Um, yeah
1: we're doing our best it's been
0: it's been quite a while
1: it's been a wild ride
0: since last we convened um various ups and downs have led it have led to us um having a gap it's like almost a gap of like i think it's probably like almost six months
1: it is a gap
0: (laughs) yeah yeah Things wouldn't stop them happening. Yeah. This is The Wreckers. This is a show that we do where we recommend stuff to each other and then we talk about the things that we experienced. I guess we should just start.
1: Yeah. Yes. Please.
0: Okay. I'll go first. Yay! Um, So what you recommended for me was a Netflix original uh, TV show from South Korea called Busted, which is a (laughs) semi-improvised variety murder mystery show
1: it's many things yeah
0: yeah and like when you like first explained this to me i was like i have no idea how this is gonna work
1: but then you saw it
0: yeah <laughs> we kind of we we kind of bent the rules for our arrangement
1: we we broke the rules a little bit yes. yeah
0: because usually because we we have an agreement that we that when we get recommended stuff we will go away and we will read it or watch it or whatever and we'll like resolutely not talk about it either to each other or like online in general, unless, where the other might see it, unless um,
1: very vaguely once in a while.
0: <laughs> yeah, we we bent the rules for this one where um, me and Christy actually watched the first episode together via screen share. I think that's probably that that for me, I think would be the optimal way to experience this show, is <laughs> I, with like I think a, so. <laughs> with like a direct like a direct line to Christy like in my ear because it was it was great because like we watched the first episode and Christy it was like a sort of constant like running commentary from Christy telling me like who everybody was and like in jokes that you know existed based on the relationship between characters you know like the like the actors playing characters and stuff and like how it was funny when someone was like playing against type or whatever um so i think th- the best way for me to experience this show would be that um i did have a really good time with it it's it's basically a ten ep- it it's ten episodes. They're about like an hour and forty minutes, I think.
1: Yeah, they're pretty each. long, yeah.
0: It's like it's almost like ten movies and <laughs> <laughs> it follows a a team of detectives and it's like they've like had their DNA altered to like resemble the DNA of famous detectives. Like they're not clones yeah. per se. They've got like microchips in their necks that essentially that I guess like has the encoded personality of a famous detective.
1: It's a very loose uh, story concept. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's
0: more like it's it's very
1: an excuse. It,
0: yeah, it's it's the bare minimum, like to explain why these characters are together and interacting, and then they sort of they they get sent out on assignments to solve cases and they do like puzzles <laughs> and. The, <laughs> the two main things that, that this reminded me of are things that i really two things that i really liked when i was when i was a kid uh one is a tv show called the crystal maze where members of the public would come on the show and in teams and they would compete in sort of like big like physical logic puzzles where like having to like move like bamboo troughs around to direct the flow of water and stuff it's it's uh, i've recently been playing um the legend of zelda breath of the wild (laughs) it's like the shrines yeah the shrines in that it's like like years of watching the crystal maze has prepared me (laughs) for that Uh, and busted was a good refresher as well a lot of the some of the puzzles not all of the puzzles that they do are quite sort of that involved a lot of them would just be like a lot of them was, like, solving maths problems.
1: Yeah, those ones and... freak me out, too. I was like, how are they doing
0: this? <laughs> and I, I've got dyscalculia, so I, like, physically... my Like, my brain physically can't do mathematics. So the periods of the show where they had to do maths problems, I might as well have been watching people do actual sorcery.
1: <laughs> yeah, even during those scenes, I'm like, cool, I'm just going to kind of watch them do it and not try to beat them to it. Like, I can't possibly do it. <laughs>
0: The first time someone goes, "Oh, it's a Fibonacci sequence," I like. Oh my god! I'm like, my brain just (laughs) checks out. I'm like, I'll, I'll, I'll check in with you guys once. I
1: love that episode, by the (laughs) way. the detective battle episode is fantastic. So, (laughs) I think from what I
0: remember Christy telling me, and from what I've been able to like find out, the characters on the show were basically very, very like loosely fictionalized versions of the people who are playing them. Yes. They're quite a mix of personalities, but it's really funny because they're supposed to be in this sort of like life. A lot of the time they're meant to be in this like life and death, like (laughs) death, like they're supposed to be like caught in a death trap, but they're still like laughing. Yeah. And saying stupid shit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing that I really liked about the show is where it's positioning itself as a story. And you can recognize that, okay, these are characters, but they all use their real names and it's obviously like partially scripted partially improv or just you know reaction so when people are inappropriately reacting i love when they catch themselves and they try to like fix it which usually makes it worse <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah when when i like watched the first episode again by myself i did like go through and like i made a note of everyone's name so that i could you know remember who everyone was yeah there's, there's like because there's like seven people it's a know. big cast yeah there's there's like seven detectives that the show follows, and they they're all. I'm trying to think of a nice way to say it. They they, you know, it's. I think if if you took like any like random selection of seven people and made them have to be detectives, I think like <laughs> they, pro- you know, the results would probably be very similar. It, but it is funny. Like one of them is, and I apologize for how bad my Korean pronunciation is going to be. <laughs> um, Lee Kwang Soo,
1: Yi Kwang Soo. <laughs> you got this.
0: Thank you. Uh, e yeah. y- Kuang-su is
1: I, <laughs> he's an idiot for,
0: for whatever reason <laughs> they gave him this like backpack that had <laughs> two like camera arms on it and he's always like bashing into stuff and like other cast members with it and they call him a crab like the subtitles call him like derisively refers to him as a crab like cause constantly
2: these, yeah because <laughs> he's got these big
0: things poking over his shoulders
1: I love that dumb backpack so much <laughs>
0: Oh my
2: god.
0: And it's, like, totally, like, committed, like, to wearing it. Like, in the first episode, he, there's, like, a few times, I think there's a few times where, like, over the course of the series, there's, like, a few points where I think, like, each of them gets, like, too into it. But (laughs) him especially, because there's a point in the first episode where he slaps someone.
1: (laughs) After chasing him,
0: yeah. Yeah, not, like, 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 very hard, but, like... You know, he's like he slaps him, and like and then, like and the two other people involved, including the person, he's just like they're like, "Whoa, what are you doing?" <laughs> and he's like, "Sorry, I got I got I, too into it."
1: I got into it, yeah. He'll like verbally say, "I'm like to the camera." He's like, "I got too into it, like I'm sorry."
0: <laughs> yeah, my favorite of the detective. Right here's okay, Christy. Do you want yes. to guess who my favorite of the detectives was? <sighs>
1: um, was it Kim Jong Min, the clueless fool? Um, it wasn't, okay. but I did,
0: I did like him.
1: I like everybody. You tell me your favourite, I'll tell you my favourite.
0: Okay, my favourite was Anjai Wook.
2: That's my favourite. Who...
0: <laughs> yeah, because uh, I have, a, a, like, um, on my notes, I wrote down the name in a brief description in the first episode so I could, like, remember, you know, so over the course of the episode, I could, like, remember. I did the Ron same was.
1: thing. What's your description? His,
0: his description is just the words Hot Dad.
1: Mine says oldest tired leather jacket.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, his his like back his character's backstory is that he's like a former agent, and he's kind of like he, he's he's I think he's worked out the best strategy for doing this, which is stand at the back <laughs> while everyone bickers and argues and looks like an idiot, and then listen to everything that's said, and then like near the end once they've got past the bickering point. Where they've started to put things together,
1: you could step in and it look real good. He does that
0: a lot there's a there's um there was a thing I think it was in like the second or third episode where they go to an island and they have to like take paths through some crops and there's like <laughs> hampers at the end that've got like weird stuff in them, and like some of them like explode so some of them have got like you know exploding like cream bombs in it and or snakes. Mud and snakes and octopuses and stuff and like when they're like opening the hamper he's like like standing like as far away. he's he's standing as far away as he physically can while still being in the tv show
1: yeah i love him
0: you know I, I i feel that i think i'd you know i'd probably be the same
1: i i like that episode with and um min young ends up picking up the snake or um kim sejong does and they're like freaking out the dudes with the snakes yeah. <laughs> and they kind of chase him and they keep like referring back to that scene like throughout the series and it's just the funniest thing but to be fair he never ends up getting like any of this explosive stuff on him like everyone else does because he's always in the back and i love the like sound motif they always bring whenever he's on screen it's like this like romantic sexy music but it's not good (laughs) yeah you know and they always play it right before he does something really dumb (laughs) like he can't (laughs) open a door or like he trips or he forgets to take his shoes off i love it (laughs) and he's the oldest so they're always like turning to him he's like I do not care and I don't I'm not involved right now they're like what do you mean you have to be involved (laughs) we're all involved
0: Uh, you mentioned um, Kim Jong Min who like his character is (laughs) if I had to describe like his character it'd be like like take like any character that Jackie Chan played in one of his movies in the late 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 90s early 2000s and then lobotomize him (laughs)
1: No, it's true
2: though.
0: Because he's he's just—he's complete. Like the character, the character that he's playing is like—he kind of like sells the impression that he doesn't actually understand like anything, like even like basic stuff, like like where they are or what's going (laughs) on.
1: but so but he does it in a way where i'm like is this real like is he really d do- know where he is right now because it's so believable and, and it makes me die he's so funny i love when he has to like chug a bunch of water to enter like the vampire person's house or whatever yeah and they he just starts like pretending they're like that's not gonna help like we have to actually drink it yeah oh he kills me
0: cycling back around <laughs>
1: Yeah. there
0: was two things that this year reminded me of. One was the Crystal Maze. The other was a series of books that I liked when I was a kid. Um there's a publisher called Osborne and they um they did like they do like puzzle books for kids. And they have like really sort of simple ones for younger kids where it's like make mostly pictures and you have to like find things and like in the pictures and stuff. But then yeah. like for slightly older kids, they did, like, actual, like, mysteries where you'd read the book and there'd be, like, puzzles that you'd have to do. A lot of the puzzles kind of reminded me of the the stuff that's in this show, where it's, like, here's a series of things, like, figure out where these letters go, or, like, what these letters might spell out and, and things like that. And this show made me feel, like, weirdly nostalgic for, like, very, very specific things from my childhood that obviously like you know like this being a show from another country obviously like weren't intending to be nostalgic but it yeah. still like hit a lot of the nostalgia buttons and also it's it's just very funny <laughs> it's enjoyable i know for some people subtitled comedy it like often doesn't work like i know a lot of like i know sort of people who've watched like anime and the jokes have fallen flat because they're like reading it and like there's a disconnect between the action and like the words and stuff yeah uh, but like a lot of the stuff in busted is like is very physical like just to for like a refresher today i watched um i rewatched the last episode there's a bit in that where that they're on a kind of like four-way balance board over some <laughs> like freezing cold muddy water. Muddy water, yeah. And they have to like there's there's like books hanging down from the ceiling, and they have to like read them and stuff. And <laughs> our, our, our backpack wearing crab man, he just repeatedly <laughs> keeps falling in. Um, the sort of the sort of putative leader, I think, is a guy called jai Suk, and him him and Su just keep like repeatedly keep falling in. Falling in the water <laughs> and yelling at each other, and it's like they they're almost like throughout the kind of the show they're almost kind of like a double act, and they keep getting paired up, and it's 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 like a very sort of like long suffering. They've got like a very sort of like long suffering like couple relationship almost.
2: <laughs> they
1: they really do though, like in actuality.
0: <laughs> yeah, like I've I've seen like things like like uh, Christy's like re like retweeted gifts on Twitter. It's like them slapping each other around.
1: (laughs) Yeah, from Running Man, which is another variety show that's actually from the same producers and team that do Busted. So I think they wanted to bring in, you know, two people they worked with before and like can lead and follow. Because the rest of the cast is pretty green as far as like this type of show is. So they wanted two more veterans to... Lead the way and kind of show everybody how to do it and keep everyone on track and stuff like that i think
0: yeah how did how did you come across this show I um... like- because it was so long ago, I don't actually remember if you if we covered that in the episode mm. where you recommended it to me
1: no, it, I don't think we did
0: did it just like randomly like come up in like your Netflix recommendations, or
1: well, it's a Netflix show, so I think that is what happened because I watch a lot of Korean dramas and stuff, and um. <laughs> So it's like suggested for you, and I was like, "Thanks, Netflix." And then I clicked it, and I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I don't know what's happened. The first episode was really confusing. I had to actually go back and watch it again because I was like, I wasn't prepared for it to be what it ended up being, and I, I knew it was good, but I was just like too distracted <laughs> watching it the first time to really get it. So I had to go back and watch it again, and then I was like, "This is fantastic!" And I pretty much binged like as much as I could <laughs> in one day and uh that's how i discovered busted <laughs> yeah it was just yeah netflix I, recommendation
0: i was i was very lucky because I, I i went into this thing like with christy almost literally holding my hand so that's the way through. i can't imagine like just if i would come across this because um, because i actually like signed up for netflix to watch this show and you know now that i've sort of what once this is out of the way i'm gonna actually like see what there is like else to explore i'm gonna i'm gonna probably gonna watch some korean dramas i'm gonna watch like a korean odyssey and stuff um,
1: uh, well they they got a season two by the way and it's funny you mentioned korean odyssey because the main actor from that show is actually going to be not replacing but coming in in favor of or in favor in place of um yi Guang su who's scheduling conflicted with the second season of busted so he won't be in it but the lead guy from korean odyssey who plays monkey will be so cool cool <laughs>
0: um i was i was gonna ask if it if it if it you know if there was gonna be a follow-up because it doesn't like it end like because it's like 10 episodes and the 10th the episode ends on the cliffhanger yeah and i'm like wow i really hope they make more of these because if not that w- that will be like as an unsatisfying an ending as the one you know like mo- movies that like were obviously like the the end in a way that sets up a sequel that it never got yeah and there's like nothing worse like the super mario brothers movie <laughs> so when i watched the the 10th episode i was like i've I, I will be like physically repulsed if they never make <laughs> like a follow-up to this but um i'm pleased i'm pleased to find out that they are doing a sequel then. And i you know i definitely will watch it because i did have a really good time this is the thing i've tried to like talk to people about this show like you know like, in my actual like real life like i was trying to like explain it to one of my aunts and like she didn't get it, but I think that's because like I partly myself didn't get it. It's like it's, it's hard things, to but... explain. Yeah, I I have no idea how you yeah you know how you actually managed to recommend it to me so coherently, where you gave me and I were able to give me an idea of what it was because it's like you know because like I've tried to explain to people and they're like oh so it's a game show. It's like well no not really because it's like a story.
1: It it truly is one of those things where I can use all the words that make up it, and I can give you like it's kind of like you, last time you said Clue or Pluto or whatever, and it's it's like that, but it's not <laughs> like it has five other things. It is. I want to know how they pitch the damn thing, frankly, because if someone was like coming into a meeting and talking to me about it, I'd be like, what now? <laughs> what is this? How do you... how are you gonna film this? And it's so funny because, again, the same production crew and producers who do Running Man, which is this variety show, South Korean variety show that's famous for being um, the exact opposite, I guess, where in Busted, they go through extreme lengths to have, like, hidden cameras and cameras from all these different angles and, like, you don't see the -the behind-the-scenes stuff at all because it's supposedly a story, you know? And in Running Man, the whole premise is it's like, these are famous people and we're filming them do dumb shit. And you can see the cameramen who in themselves become, <laughs> become kind of like the caddies of the celebrities and they are also in turn their own version of a celebrity you know what i mean like you know the name of the camera people you know the name of the producers who are like on screen and are like okay now i need you to run over there and do this and they're like really do i have to they're like do it (laughs) so they have to like go like the the production is a part of that series so this one's the opposite completely um which is actually really cool and i think they pull it off pretty well every once in a while they get a shot and i'm like how did they have the mindset to? put that camera there like how did they know that they were gonna need that shot you know so that's actually really kind of neat to me i did like um a lot of the stuff
0: that's obviously like when the show was plotted when they were sort of planning it out they did have like you know a sort of an overarching plot and like plot points and stuff that they wanted to hit because it's like an ongoing narrative but i think it was interesting to see stuff where like random things that happened were then incorporated into because the the main one that I think of is um, one of the detectives is called Parkmin Young, who um is initially she's the only female detective that they have like on the team, and there's like one of the one of the earliest puzzles that they do involves this big like rotating like assembly of like <laughs> logs and stuff, and she ends up just lying on the floor, and like as to like, let the stuff pass over her while it's rotating and then that becomes like a character trait that she exhibits like over the, like episodes will start focusing on a particular detective and they'll have like a voiceover like explaining what their deal is and like in her one it was like all oh, about she- how like she will, eventually, she will sometimes just lie on the floor because like there's, there's two guys like carrying a table towards her and rather than go around them she just lies down so they can carry it over her and it's like that's obviously come about because she just did that like like randomly in one episode. And then like the writers were like, okay, that that's a thing now. Yeah. <laughs> your, they carry stuff over.
2: And
1: they, they filmed them in the actual order that you see them. And I think
0: they, they would have, they would have had to.
1: Yeah, they have to. And it's, it's must be a scheduling nightmare to get everyone involved onto one spot and then film. And I think that's why they're so long is cause it's because it's, you got to make it worth <laughs> getting all these people in the same place for however long they have to film. So I had a few things I want to ask about like favorite episode, but then I also originally I wanted to know if you had any thoughts or opinions or anything about the graphic overlays or the use of the graphic overlays and like text on screen and stuff.
0: Um I think it it was one of those things where it, I hadn't really come across anything too similar to it in anything else even like sort of like part way through the first episode I'd kind of like acc- acclimated to it and it just became like a like a, a characteristic of the show
1: yeah i i was it reminded me um and it happens fairly often in like korean variety shows and and japanese variety shows a lot of asian shows in general even not variety talk shows or a lot of um you know scripted drama even uses a lot of on screen text stuff and uh it reminded me of this russian literary critic isn't there always one um named mako bakhtin <laughs> and he wrote on something called what he called double voiceness in prose and discourse. and i always come back around to it when i watch stuff like this that has excessive graphics and like double the information beyond what you see in here or like a repetition of it and it creates this multi-voiced experience where the text kind of over time, to me when I watch anyway, becomes its own character. Like that's where we learned about the crab. Like no one says the crab out loud when they're talking about Yiguang Soon's dumb <laughs> A-frame looking backpack, but that becomes known entirely through the text on screen. And then they repeat it over and over again when they're referring to him and it just gets funnier and funnier every time it comes up. So that's always really interesting to me, and I love it. But I know a lot of people find it really distracting or like confusing. And the practical application of it is South Korea, like a lot of countries, has various dialects and language subsets and things. So having the more universal written word, so like hangul, up on screen helps everybody better understand what's happening if maybe they don't totally understand what everyone's saying all the time, especially in a show where people are talking over each other a lot. So that's like the main reason, but I like how each of these type of shows kind of become, the text becomes its own voice and character. And so I, I like it. Lee, Lee gets upset sometimes cause it's excessive to him. <laughs> He's like, I know this already. <laughs> cause it'll like repeat. It's like a key and then it'll be like a key, a key. And I'm like, okay, we get it. <laughs> but I love it at the same time. I think it's hilarious. It reminds me of comic books too.
0: It almost is, like, a kind of live-action comic book, in a sense. Both in terms of, like, the very... Like, it's obviously meant to be this, like, sort of, like, heightened drama. But at the very... At at the same time, it's, like, it's very, very over-the-top. A lot of the stuff that happens is, like, very melodramatic. But I think my favourite episode is... uh, One that Christy's already alluded to is... There's an episode where they go to an island. (laughs) And there's this, like, legend of a vampire. They're sort of, like, going all over the island and like, the weird, like, customs that the locals have where they don't... Because, like, a, a guy, like, cooks for them. Um, actually, Christy already mentioned that they go to this guy's house. He's, he's He makes them drink, like, this whole, like, huge urn full King of water. Because they can't have, like, salt in their bodies or something. Because <laughs> that's how biology works. Yeah. Um, and then, like, he cooks, he, he, he cooks for them, but the food's really bland because there's no seasoning in it. There's, like, a custom on the island where they don't use salt. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of it was like very was, was like really sort of like heightened like in like personal drama like there's um stuff about like t- like vi- like the villagers like killed the local do- like the the local doctor's fiance because they they you know they've almost like literally like fetishized him they've they've turned him and his like his his father and his grandfather into kind of like totems that are sort of like the lucky charms of the village and like they're worried about like this his fiance like might make him leave the island so they kill her and stuff and so that you got you've got sort of stuff like that going on but at the same time you've got these like seven bumbling idiots who like <laughs> re- just like reacting to stuff in real time
1: i think some of my favorite bits and jokes are in the vampire episode i have that listed here as one of my absolute favorites i think it's even funnier this is again supplemental information for me for me is that the doctor guy is played by a man named Parquet Jin and he's like super famous <laughs> and he's very, very pretty. And uh, the fact they got him to be this dumb doctor on their dumb show <laughs> so he can walk around with the briefcase and like make people drink garlic is just fantastic. I don't know how they convinced him to do it. I mean maybe it's a lot of fun. It seems like a lot of fun. But I I loved when <laughs> Sehun and <laughs> Yu Jae Sung and Yi Guang Su get stuck in his like hidden lair in his office and Jae Sung pricks himself with a needle so that they're like making stuff up there because that was obviously not intentional it just happened while they were filming and then they're trying to like convince Sehun to go in the coffin and I don't know it just cracked me up because those three of them in particular because you have like the veterans who are constantly bickering with each other and then Sehun who kind of does this thing where he's like into it but not entirely like he's too cool for it but then he'll get really hyper competitive about dumb stuff (laughs) like the claw game (laughs) he like would not let anyone else try to get this Poor Robo yeah. out of the claw machine when one of the episodes. I think the last one. <laughs> I
0: think it's like episode nine. They've got to get um, there's like a clue that's like inside a stuffed toy in a like a UFO catcher, and like he's, he's <laughs> he going, loses he's, it. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, he's like he's going up to like the older cast members and like hitting them up for money so he can like a kid like bugging their dad at the <laughs> arcade.
1: I love when Gwegsu and Sehun team up. There's this one part where they're like, it's the magician episode. <laughs> And they go and there's this famous actress whose name I can't remember, but they basically sneak up on her in Photobomber and it's just this silly dumb moment where they're like freaking out. And it's just stuff like that that I really like (laughs) about, because they they stayed in character for all these other famous actors and people they know, but that's one like they couldn't let go. And they had enough of a let uh, in because of the narrative was like, she's a famous person so they could act that way. I just, I thought that was really cute and i just love those little like really human moments yeah. of the show a lot
0: the way that i would describe this show it's it, again it's it's kind of like a it's a little bit of an esoteric reference but um there's a web comic that i like called hark of Agrant by kate beaton <laughs> Yeah, and there's um she, she she did some comics about javert from les miserables <laughs> and one of them was my favorite one was javert is in the wrong musical and it's about Javert being in rent and he's like so there's all these like people like singing like and dancing on the table and singing about how they're not gonna pay rent and Javert's just like you realize this is a crime <laughs> And it it's it's kind of like that's like I've always thought it would be really funny to do Les Miserables but have Javert not be singing. <laughs> Just, <laughs> Just Javert, he doesn't Javert's get it. the Javert's the one guy in the musical who doesn't who, who who doesn't know he's in a musical. And that's kind of like the the sort of the tenor of the show, like where, as it concerns the detectives. It's kind of like that. 'Cause like everyone else, because everyone they meet obviously is you know, is like act is like playing a character.
2: Yeah, and
1: they've like memorized lines they have and to deliver and stuff.
0: Yeah, they've they have an understanding of what's supposed to happen. They like maybe they haven't been given like like word for word dialogue, but at some point someone's gone, right, this is like this is your character, this is the character's backstory, this is what's gonna happen and this is what needs to happen in this scene. Whereas the detectives are like they're the only ones that are like really going into it blind.
1: It's like pranking but with an escape room like it's the weirdest weirdest some of the best stuff though is like when things explode or like things happen and they're truly not expecting it it really is like fascinating like in the vampire episode at the end when the whole town starts rushing them like they really did not know that was gonna happen and it's genuinely freaking them out so like they're really trying to run to the dock like they're booking it it's amazing i love that really genuine response because they get lost in it
0: I know, like a big thing on the internet is people complaining about the choices fictional characters make. <laughs> but yeah. I think, if anything, this emphasise th- th- this shows that that is, you know, that that is just our imitating life because there's a um, one of the episodes, He uh g- gets um, sort of. Fa- <laughs> oh my false- god! Yeah. He like get falsely he he gets falsely accused of murder, so he's kind of like on the run in that episode and there's a bit where like he's in a park and there's loads of people around and he's trying not to be seen. So one of the thing like it just there just comes a point where he obviously panics and just goes <laughs> I'm just going to lie on the floor. He
2: just lays um, down
1: face just up li- <laughs> so you can see his face.
0: He just like he he lies down like not even like behind a bush. Like there's some foliage around but it's obviously not obscuring him. And there's there's one point I think when I was watching that episode, like I, I looked away for a moment. I think like I had the cat in the room, with, like the cat was doing something, and I looked over at the cat. And when I looked back to the screen, suddenly his leg was wrapped up and he had a crutch, and I was like, oh, and I thought, oh, they must have like come back. To, there must have been a gap in filming, and during that time, he obviously he hurt his leg somehow, and you know they've they've just had to sort of roll with it. And then no, it's actually like in the episode he he like pretends to have a broken leg or something yeah or does he i oh, like i was like i i've watched it a few times now and i'm still not sure
1: and i'm pretty it, sure it's implied he steals it from somebody
0: <laughs> yeah and like it's exactly that sort of that kind of show where it's like where you can look away from the screen for a moment and so suddenly someone's got a cast on the leg it's like wait was where did he where did he when <laughs> when did he is that real God. And like, even if you watch him do it, it's like you know, like it's like in TV dramas where like a cast member will get pregnant, so they'll have yeah, to, so they have the to hide it into yeah. the show. Yeah, or, I or thought they're wearing like, big oh, coats now. Yeah, I thought, oh, it's obviously that. Like he's he's done something to his leg, but it's like no, it's it's actually not. He's just it's like in the moment he panicked and was like the person they're looking for does not have a broken leg. I'll pretend I've got a broken leg. Yeah. Because he's, like, trying to, like, hide from the police and he's, like, trying to make himself, like, not match the description and stuff. And
1: well, I think that's a really good observation, there difference between, you know, a character making a stupid point and then someone who's playing a character trying to actually trans-navigate what's actually happening and making stupid decisions all the same anyway. You know? Yeah.
0: <laughs> to sort of... To, to bring it back to comic, there's a panel from a Spider-Man comic that I really like where... Peter Parker is like in his room where like he's wearing his Spider-Man costume but not his mask and he's got a hold all full of money and someone's about to come into the room and he's like and he just in the moment he just freezes and panics. He's like what do I do? What do I do? Trust my instincts and he just throws this hold all full of money out the window and he's like no, instinct's bad. <laughs> and instinct's bad is kind of a pretty good summation of busted. Yeah. Um if not human behavior in general, but a lot of the time, they'll, like, try to do something... Like, they'll do something in the moment where it's, like... It's obviously, like, literally just occurred to them. And they think, oh, I'll just do this. And then... I'm trying to think of, like, specific examples, but... There's one, of, like, in the first episode where they have to, like, fill up um, a thing of water... Oh, yeah. ...to get a key. Um, and they've got bowls, but the bowls are attached to, like, elastic. And they have to, like, sort of pass it between each other while these things are rotating as a whole thing. And then... I. Th- I- I think it's Kim Jong Min. <laughs> he just, um, he just goes. Hang on, we just need to put something in here. So he just starts like digging, like the oh, sand the out sand, the floor, yeah. and then th- they figure out that they can like break the elastic.
1: Yeah, they blessedly decide to destroy the equipment and so it, they can get through.
0: It, it's really cool to see like that sort of like genuine like lateral thinking because they're obviously like they, the, there's like various points where they just go right. We can obviously see what the directors we can see how this was intended to be solved but we figured out a different way to do it yeah the thing that 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 it makes me think of is there was a thing where when i was a kid it was like a first aid course and the instructor was telling us about this thing that he went on where it was it was kind of like a team building like retreat and they they were given like two pol in you know, like they were like spl- split up into teams of like a team like Two teams of a few people. And they were given like two long poles and some bandages. And they say, right, this team member has broken their leg. You have to make a stretcher to take them to this place. So like one team, they got the poles and the bandages and they were like wrapping it round, you know, and like basically like sort of like weaving a stretcher out of these bandages. But the other team just like two two of the people just took their coats off, zipped their coats together, put the poles through the armholes. And made a stretcher that way. And, and they won. And the other team was like, well, that was cheating because they didn't use the bandages. And it's like, yeah, but they still did it, though. That's the thing. It's like, we we gave you the tools to solve a problem. But if you can think of a different way to solve it, then, you know, that's quicker and <laughs> and easier. Like, this was quite sort of satisfying from a sort of, like, a monkey brain perspective. <laughs> there is something very satisfying about watching people solve puzzles, even if they're doing it very, like, chaotically. Yeah. And, and humorously. But... There is like the the there often comes a point where you're watching one of the puzzles where you, you know, th- there was a few times where it's like, oh, I, I I understand what they need to do, like making that connection before anyone on the show does, and you're like, come on, it's right there, just do, you just need you just need to make that one, like logical connection.
1: <laughs> or for me is sometimes I'd be like, oh, do this, and then they would do it, and it's not it. I'm like, never mind, guys, <laughs> I, I, I was wrong too. <laughs>
0: Don't listen to me. Carry on. Don't listen Talk about to yourself. me.
1: <laughs> One of my favorite episodes was the Messages from the Dead one with the high school kids, because of yeah. like the giant game of tag. Basically, they play <laughs> in the end in a dark school. I was like, that was so cool. I was like, I want to do that.
0: That was another thing that I wanted to talk about. It's like that it, it captured like so many feelings and like, and I I remember like there were like memories I have as a kid of like running around school, you know, at night. Yeah, when it's like. I mean, special it was, and it creepy was, it it was like a pet you know it was like a, an open evening and stuff it was like like i had a reason to be there i, I hadn't yeah. like broken in but i do remember like sort of with with other kids like running around the school at night and there's like parts of it where the lights aren't on and it feels like a, a like it feels like a much different space When you know when it's dark and empty and the, the you know the the things where they're running around a school campus at night again, like, captured a lot of, like, very, very specific nostalgic feelings.
1: That one did for me, for sure.
0: Yeah, and it was, like, so cool because th- I think that was another time where um, someone got, like, really into it. Like, I think Seon especially was, like, really into <laughs> that one. And it was, like, I think that the producers were probably worried that he, he was going to do someone a mischief when he caught them. Yeah. There's, there's like... I think in in that episode, there's like a group of like a group that there's a like it's all stuff to do with like a friend group, yeah. And uh, like most of them are like lads, and they introduce them together. And I was like, I bet if I was watching this with Christy, she'd be able to tell me the name of the boy band that they're <laughs> in.
1: They're in an acting troupe, actually, they're known as, ah, okay they're, they're known as i don't I think it's pronounced it's a five and then it's supposed to spell out the word surprise, but the five is in place of the s, so I think it's five prize, because there's five of them,
0: yeah, I think yeah. like that's the actual name they use in the show, yeah, that's it's what they call like, like their the...
1: cool name Clique. for yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, I assumed that it was a boy band,
1: <laughs> no, they're that's rarely funny enough, not a boy band, a boy <laughs> acting troupe. <laughs>
0: Damn it, so yeah, close. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was kind of like my my sort of abiding thought. Like while I was watching this, was I wish I was watching this with Christie.
2: We could still do that. I know that's
0: the, that, <laughs> that's what I was I was gonna like ask at some point if we could schedule time to actually like Skype up and like Not that the share. ban is lifted. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd, I'd I'd be really interested in doing that at some point in the future. Yeah, and like almost kind of like watching it with a director's commentary <laughs> and get like i think i i'd get more out of it than i did just watching it by myself i mean i had a really good time watching it by myself and i really liked it and you know i'm definitely up for season 2 which you know if if we can watch season 1 and then what and season 2 together if that could become like yes. a project that we do that'd be amazing i'd be, <laughs> I, I'd be very up for that but um, as as it, as it stands, I really enjoyed it, yeah. and it's sort of worth the price of admission alone for Netflix. I think, <laughs> um, and there's like so much. There's obviously like so much more like on Netflix that I can discover now. But th- this was like I I'm, I'm glad that sort of this was my like first point of contact because I'll always have that association of like Korean celebrities <laughs> running running around and slapping people and falling over.
1: Netflix is the busted machine (laughs) it plays the busted
0: essentially yes um so that was that was kind of my experience with busted
1: yay I'm glad you really liked it I
0: did it's
1: it's neat you bring up the nostalgic feeling because I got that way too and I think it's a combination of you know as you said it's really satisfying to watch people solve puzzles even if they're solving them (laughs) With a monkey brain, or or they're failing to solve them, it's still like an interesting and compelling thing to watch. You know, maybe even regardless of context, but it's some good context uh, with this one. And uh, it this type of thing where I like—I don't know—it's just neat to watch people play. You know, they're basically just pretending and <laughs> larping and <laughs> having a really fun time doing it. And I I just like the genuine joy and excitement of being in such a strange and unique situation i i think it's joyous and i i really like that about the series and the show even though some of the murder mysteries i'm like oh damn (laughs) shit (laughs) some of those stuff i'm like oh my goodness
0: yeah because there is there is stuff like like genuine like horrific murders yeah (laughs) you know horrific crimes of passion where someone was like murdered in a rage and like oh like someone like did this like really calculated plan to murder someone oh and at I... the same time it's
1: no yeah, no no you go ahead i just got excited because i remembered something i wanted to talk to you about.
0: <laughs> it's kind of like if, if you put like jackie chan in law and order you know it's it's like you've got these like very like serious crimes happening but then you've got this just completely like bumbling detective
1: fish out of water buffoonery yeah 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 <laughs>
0: Kind of like, imagine Imagine if they did, like, a, like a Mission Impossible movie, but the main character was um, Inspector Cluzo from the Pink <laughs> Panther movies. It's a lot like that.
1: It is like that. I was going to say a bunch of toddlers, but that's also <laughs> pretty good.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> one of the more impressive, uh, like, puzzles was there was a locked door mystery, a locked room mystery one. And I thought that one was cool as hell. <laughs> I don't want to ruin it for if, if anyone wants to go see it, but that was one of the ones where I was like, "Huh, <laughs> neat. I never ever would have gotten that. <laughs> I thought they'd be stuck there forever
0: <laughs> yeah there's there's a lot of the time like more than once when I was watching, it, I was like if if I'd had to solve this, I would still be there. Oh, if I had like... to
1: solve that door one with all the math and the numbers and the guy shut the doors and <laughs> open the doors, I would have just laid down and sobbed
0: probably
1: yeah. i was like stressed out for them
0: i would have just started trying to break doors <laughs> yeah so yeah um busted on on it's on netflix you should it's watch on it netflix. it's very satisfying you should definitely it's watch it ne- it's on net it's it's only on netflix it's only so. on
1: netflix trust us it is only on
0: netflix <laughs> i will say that i i signed up for a for a free trial of netflix to watch this show and i liked it enough to stick around you know to continue like to, to start paying for netflix so well,
1: there you go. I'll keep that in mind. Make of
0: that make of that what you will. But I, I like I I liked the show enough to want to see it again.
1: That's pretty good. To to
0: pay six pounds a month, um, and also like watch the. I mean, I haven't re- I haven't really watched anything else on Netflix. I watched like the first twenty minutes of the live action Full Metal Alchemist movie, and just nah. <laughs> I just completely bounced off it. The only thing I got out of it was, oh, that guy was in uh, Carmen Roger Deno, and then like the rest of it was just me. <laughs> um, so f- f- for now, but n- for now, Netflix is a service that I ex- I exclusively use to watch I- to watch Busted. Nice. Um, that is going to change, but but for um, now, right now, but for now, <laughs> it's um, a busted machine. It's going to be one of those things that I think I'll want to rewatch, like at Christmas maybe
1: it has a rewatchability to it for sure i've already rewatched it like twice
0: <laughs> the only sort of like other point i really wanted to make about it was one of the f- things that i got the most out of it was the was the fashion because <laughs> like everyone everyone in it is dressed like really well even you know the the buffoon character is like dressed as you know the, the most stylish possible version of that character with like Stone wash jeans and a leather jacket and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the clothes in it were like really nice, and like in in the last episode, they all get like a significant costume change.
1: <gasps> I hope they keep and... those for season two. That's my hope because I love them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's it's a lot like another show that sort of me and Christy share fondness for is Elementary, <laughs> and a big part of my a big part of my enjoyment of Elementary is. Like, as well as being, like, a big fan of both, like, Sherlock Holmes and Lucy Liu. But Lucy Liu's wardrobe on Elementary is one of the, like, main selling points for me for that show.
1: She is so well dressed in that show. It is bonkers.
0: Busted is, like, a lot of the time is the same. It's, like, the clothes that they wear, the clothes that they dress them in are really nice. And they and fit. There's, like, a few times where I've been watching it and going, I'd wear that. <laughs> Well, like, you know, and, and like, obviously, like, everyone kind of has, like, a theme for their clothes where there's always, like, I think, like, a lot of the time, like, with clothes, there's always, like, a silhouette that they're trying to maintain, Um, you know, like, the, the on the production side, it's, like, where, obviously, like, the costume designers and stuff, they've worked from a starting point where, like, this character's, like, vague silhouette is going to be this, and they just <laughs> get dressed in variations of that.
1: Yeah. Plus a giant backpack that's... A
0: giant Huge. backpack with cameras on it.
1: <laughs> oh my god. The scene where they have to do jumping during the, gosh, it's the messages from the dead, the high school one, and they have to go to, like, a trampoline <laughs> exercise oh, yeah. workout. Yeah. There's, like, a five-second <laughs> shot of <laughs> Gwang Su jumping with that backpack, like, hitting his head every time, and it kills me every time I think of it. It's the funniest thing. He looks tortured and just... <laughs> really unhappy <laughs> and tired and i love it he
0: obviously like really committed to it where yeah. it's like with like your character's your character's gonna wear this backpack and like <laughs> he's as wearing much it. as physically possible <laughs> like the only times he isn't wearing it are times when like he might fall in water and get electrocuted
1: he does ditch it once or twice when he has to like really run and that's something that's amazing to me too like when they're chasing somebody it feels like they're really going all out like i'll watch a tv show and i'm like they're not really running like (laughs) you know but in this one i'm like they're running like they're really going (laughs) they're really into it i love it yeah he'll ditch it
0: (laughs) a lot of the time like in tv shows like there's a chase and the they'll like you know they'll catch the person that they're chasing and then they'll have like a dramatic speech at the end but like that doesn't really happen in busted because a lot of the time by the time they catch up with the person they're chasing everyone involved is completely out of breath
2: yeah
1: because
0: they were actually properly doing it for real
1: <laughs> and they really don't know what will happen if they don't catch them so they have to like really try and i think that was fun and i i think the the people that they're chasing have the instructions be like don't give up like unless you really have to like really try to get away like, we'll write it in. If you get away, you get away. And one of the guys does, doesn't he? Yeah. Like, yeah. That's
0: that's the interesting thing about it is, like, it's not just, like... I mean, obviously, they they give them every, like, possible chance, but it's not, like, a, you know, it's not a done deal. The, at the end of the episode, they'll solve the mystery and catch the
2: bad guy.
1: Yeah, and then the writers will go next week. They'll be like, okay, well, this is what happened. Like, the Vampire um, Island one, I was always fascinated. I was like, if they don't bring him with them... What would the story be then? Like, we'll never know. It doesn't matter. But it just was really interesting that it was never guaranteed that they would, you know, finish the episode how they do. So I thought that was cool. And so the production must have multiple endings set up for every episode.
0: The series bible for this show must look like a choose-your-own-adventure Oh my god,
1: it must be so intense.
0: Where it's like, okay, so... (laughs) that <laughs> they must, they must have like a sort of branching path that's like okay if they if they complete this episode then this happens but if they don't complete this one then this happens and yeah. then i like planning the show must have been a complete head fuck
1: i i think that's part of the reason they wanted to do they pitched it to netflix cuz they like have the time to do it and i think i'm trying to remember if i read an interview i read one with the producers and i'm trying to remember what their timeline was but it is, like, they they have to really, really think about things and plan things as best they can because they don't really get another chance to film again. They don't do takes exactly, so they're not like, okay, let's try this puzzle. Like Like, you know, <laughs> like, you have to kind of capture it all in one go. So they really do have an intense amount of monitoring, and there's some behind-the-scenes, like, pictures where when they're inside doing those big elaborate puzzle rooms... Up in the rafters, it's like the producers are hanging up there, like, Gendo Ikari, like, looking down with like, the darkness, like, to make sure that things are running smoothly in their maze chamber. And uh, that always cracks me up. <laughs> but they try to hide the team as much from the actors so they don't get, con- like, distracted with the camera people and anything like that. That's why so many of the camera shots are hidden. And I thought that was fascinating. It must feel so weird to just be on your own in this room <laughs> to do a puzzle you know and no one's really giving you instructions or anything it's fascinating <laughs> it's it's kafkaesque yes uh, <laughs>
0: you should watch it it's good it's got it's good a kafka theme song that i could that i don't understand the words of <laughs> so My moving turn. on it's your turn now to say words
1: okay so i was recommended a manga it is written by Yukurashi, and with art by Kazu Inabe, and it's actually we weren't weren't sure the first time, but I tell you with absolute positivity, it is available in English. It's ten volumes, and it's out by um, Kodansha USA, and I think only digitally. I don't know. I think I think I got a print. Actually, I remember early on looking it up, and I went with the digital one because they had like a sale and they were only $5, and I was like, I'm going to do that one. (laughs) So, 10 volumes, uh, Fort of the Apocalypse, and it's a zombie story comic. So, Fort of the Apocalypse is a manga, and it's about a convicted murderer named Maida, and he didn't commit the crime, but he arrives at a juvenile detention center and is thrown into a lifestyle environment he is not equipped for. Um, there's, like, a power struggle within the prison, which gets worse when a van crashes into the yard with the undead, um, and which is a really intense way to learn about uh, the zombie apocalypse going on, but that's how they learn, and, and this is one of those things. I'm going to talk about the series kind of vaguely as best I can, but we're going to hit a point where I need to spoil it, and it's going to come quicker than later, because I have to talk about this- <laughs> I have to talk about this comic, because- I freaking loved it. And I, one, I want to say thank you for trusting me with this because I feel like some people, I know this is a problem I have where I suggest things for people and then I overthink it and I'm like, oh no, they're going to be offended by this or that or that. And we're so comfortable with each other that you're like, ah now she's all right. (laughs) So awesome. Amazing. Because I actually, surprisingly to a lot of people, I like body horror stuff, especially in comic form. Like, I have difficulty if it's moving pictures a little bit. But I love, like, you know, a ton of gross horror movies. Um, So, very exciting. Uh, So the main characters are Maida, who's like 16. He's a normal boy. He's kind of a blank slate. And he's been in prison for false charges, blah, blah, blah. And then there's um, uh, Yama... Yamanoi, he's 17, and he's calm and collected, and his nickname is, I think, Noi-Man? In the, one of the tra- translation, it was like, first volume was like, Newman? I was like, I don't think that's right. And then they corrected it later on, I was like, uh-huh. aha. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: No- it's, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's always kind of a hurdle that you have to get over, like, in, so like, in, in some stuff like Japanese media, where, like, it's it's using, like, non-Japanese words, where it's, it's like, like, um, the example that I always use is there's uh, there's a character in Carmen Rider Ghost who's called Javert, who's obviously meant to be like evocative of Javert from Les Misérables, but because of how a French word is rendered in Japanese, the first few like episodes that he's in, the subtitles call it uh, call him Jabel because that was the, <laughs> like the translator's like best guess for what oh, Jab Jabberu yeah. was supposed to be, and then oh, at some point they twig and it's like then he's Javert. So, that, yeah, like... he's, he's named after, he's named after. I think Neumann is named after a famous, like, scientist or mathematician. That's, like, it's kind of like a joke based on how he's, like, the brainy kid.
1: Yeah. Plus his name. So it's like, it just came out yeah. that way. Yeah. But the first translation was Newman. I was like, I don't think that's right. And then they changed it to Neumann. I was like, ah, you guys got it. You're all right. <laughs> you figured it out. It's so funny because they recently, like, we were watching uh, Sarah Zanmai and... That's like an on the go alteration, too, because in the first episode, they, they translated some things as her, but later on, they're like, ah, we've made a huge mistake. <laughs> we should have been non-gender specific. So it's it's an ongoing process. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's uh, Yamamoi, Anoi, and he's got glasses, so he's really smart, and he's kind of harsh, and I don't hate him, but he was sometimes I was like, shut up, dude.
0: I don't remember if, if Neumann does this, but I, I have like a mental image of him doing the Gendo Akari thing with the glasses.
1: Every once in a while he does, yeah. Especially yeah. in the beginning. And then my favorite character, who I know is your favorite character, is Yoshi uh, Yoshioka. Yes. And he's 18, and he's aloof, and he's condescending. And he's like always down to fight, and he has a TARDIS pocket full of knives that just constantly... <laughs> come out and he has long hair and he's <laughs> he's he's
0: such an asshole. He's, he's just a complete
1: douchebag and I love him to death.
0: The first time I read it I was like I can kind of understand why you're in prison, kid.
1: Yeah. And it's funny cuz he's one of the only ones that doesn't get like an explicit background. So you ca- he's like kind of the only legit juvie who's there. Everyone else's backgrounds kind of like intensely extreme and he's like just a generally
0: yeah, Douchey. his is like, his is like I don't know, did some crimes.
1: Yeah, he's like I stole a bike, <laughs> you know, and he like does not give a shit, like genuinely doesn't give a shit, and I love him. Um, and then there's Iwakura, who's seventeen, and he's stoic and strong, and he's very intimidating, and he's very good at fighting, and that has to do with his backstory and all those things. And they all make up cell four of their juvies. They all share a room, and uh, when the zombie van breaks in uh you're like okay cool so the first obvious setup is your brain my brain is like okay it's like the walking dead because there's a prison and there's zombies and they gotta like fortify and figure this out and i'm thinking okay cool and very quickly like volume one this is not even the tail end of volume one like this this story paces just insanely fast which is amazing and very fitting for its story but like middle of volume one the zombie van breaks in and then the zombie talks and he like laughs at his own bad pun and i was like oh my god this is gonna be so good (laughs) because talking zombies is is so rare you know what i mean like they usually don't talk ever in any media
0: let alone make pun jokes there's a few times where like someone is part way through the zombification process and it's obviously like affecting their mind yeah where like They've got, there's just enough of the person that they were left in the brain, but it's like firing off wrong because they're in the process of becoming a zombie.
1: Yeah. And I just, I, one, it made me laugh. And two, <laughs> two, it kind of signified to me like, okay, hey, I'm not going to like try and guess what's going to happen in this zombie survival story because <laughs> obviously I have no idea what to expect. So I'm just going to go with the flow and whatever happens, happens, which is absolutely the best way to read this particular series. Like, you know what I mean? Like if someone's trying to stay ahead of this story, do not do that to yourself. It's not going to work out for you. If if you've seen like, if,
0: if you've read or seen like High School of the Dead. Or anything like that, and you think you have an idea of what you do zomb- like a zombie survival manga or anime might be like. You, you might think you are able to second guess what might happen in this. I like as Christy says, you will not be able to. You
1: will not be able to. I I love the l- the absolute lunatic escalation of absolutely everything all the time that happens in this series. Uh, especially how the story itself has no concern for like how likely or how realistic. Its premise or characters is like it's so quickly, so intense that all that happens might as well just happen, you know? Like fuck it, <laughs> like it has that mentality to it as a story yeah. that is so rare and really enjoyable, especially with something like body horror where it's like we basically just need to show you some gross ass shit and we're gonna find all the ways we can do that. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it, <laughs> show it to me. <laughs> um, speaking of which, okay. I, uh, this is the part where we're gonna get more spoilery, I guess um especially visual stuff, and with this comic, a lot of the the big hits and the like joy <laughs> slash <laughs> horrificness of reading it is the surprise of what you see and so there you go, there's your spoiler warning, but um, okay, flat out. <laughs> one of the best timed and presented surprises I've ever experienced in a comic and like a really impressive merger of visuals and playing with expectation and then just a page flip you know like in comics that's important timing when if someone flips a page and like what you see on the next page so (laughs) the kids go to like a military-based stronghold whatever and of course it's overrun and they find a survivor really quickly who's like oh how'd you avoid the dog things (laughs) <laughs> and the boys are, like, dog things? And instantly, one crashes through the window, and it, like, bites the military guy. But it is not a dog. <laughs> and so, like, really quick, I was like, oh, zombie dogs, like Resident Evil 2 or 4. Okay, got it. No, and not like Resident Evil 2 or 4 in any way, shape, or form. It's, like, the supremely... I just started laughing, like, barking laughing, because it was so funny to me. These design of these, like, creepy... Blonde Cheney Phantom of the Opera dog People (laughs) Like they're dogs, but they're people and they don't have a nose and their paws are human hands. (laughs) It's so good. It's so good.
0: The very, very, like, vague in universe explanation for it is that the virus like some some people when they get infected by the virus, it like causes like an atavistic Reaction in their DNA and they like revert, like they re or like, but then I think, like, that I think that, you know, we as the audience are supposed to take that as somebody's best guess, yeah. Rather than it's like some people who turn into zombies, their bodies basically reconfigure into dog shapes
1: <laughs> and they all lose their nose and they have like these bulging eyes and they are, they're a combination of to me, it's just terrifying. Kind of cute in a really weird way because that's just I'm a weird I'm a weird person. Like the more horrific a design yeah. is, the cuter I find it. And I say that as someone who finds cute designs sometimes scary. So, like, I'm broken. I guess I don't know. Like, I, ET scares the shit out of me. I cannot no, watch ET or look at ET. It makes me cry. But these like weird dog <laughs> things, kind of cute. I kind of liked them. I was like, oh yeah. puppy. If, if you- if, if if you're listening to this and you're
0: try- kind of like trying to imagine how that how that look right take your hand and fold your fold your fingers squint squint your fingers up into what looks like a paw that's what their hand looks like now imagine running around on all fours oh
1: man. With, like
0: your fucked up dog body
1: oh well i'm I'm barking i'm laughing at this dumb looking slash horrific <laughs> violence and i'm like lee look 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 he's like what are you guys showing me i'm like a really cool thing and i show it to him he's like god damn it can you not share anything with me ever again i'm like nah i'm gonna show you all this stuff i'm gonna show all, all the things he's like don't why are you reading this i'm like for fun <laughs> it's amazing so <laughs> Love it. That was, like, the really big selling point. Now, before that, there's another scene that is a very cool panel, and it it really sets up, like, even, again, that escalation where you're like, oh, okay, so what I thought's going to happen is absolutely not on the table. (laughs) There's a whole other thing happening here. Um, But the dogs are what really tickled my pickle <laughs> like i lost it i thought it was amazing
0: <laughs> yeah i i had i had the exact same experience the first time i read it it's like i got to that panel it's like wow this is completely not what i was expecting yeah because because like for a lot of it you think oh this is just like gonna be like your basic like zombie apocalypse thing and then you get to there's like other stuff that like i imagine you're going to talk about now yeah that i won't get into but it was i i think I think for a lot of people who've read this, the dog zombies are probably like the biggest hurdle. So, yeah, like, it's like it's that whether you whether whether you're able to just accept it and move on. Because I think a lot of people might get to that point and go, "This is fucking stupid. I'm not reading this." <laughs> it, I think it, it, that might be a that might be a point where people are like either unwilling or unable to suspend their disbelief sufficiently to to continue with it, and then there's like. A different sort of person yeah who's like us who just goes haha that's fucking wicked <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> i think that is a a good moment there to like give an audience because it's, it's only like in the second volume so it's a good or the end of the first volume became very beginning of the second volume so it's like now is the time if this is not going to be something you'll either be able to accept or this is too gross for you please know this is bottom of the barrel like it's only going to get weirder and grosser <laughs> and like more messed up <laughs> from here and it's going to happen uh, very quickly so yeah. uh, i was ecstatic and i was not disappointed <laughs> by any means um so in this series there's something called they start calling it a broker bro i don't know i think it's book oh
0: there you go uh <laughs> yeah um the, the version that i read is Is um, translated it as Bokor, which I think is supposed to be something from like Haitian Voodoo.
1: Yeah, they have like a little brief explanation in the in the comic about it, but I'm not, I wasn't sure how to pronounce it. Um, one more time for me. I
0: interpreted it as Bokor.
1: Bokor, Bokor. Okay, I'm gonna go with that one. Um, a Bokor, which is like (laughs) a nudie person who can control the other zombies, and they like ride them like a wave slash a giant zombie not a mecha because there's not a robot but you know what i mean like they form shapes out of the zombies they can control them like kind of like an ant hive i guess
0: if you've seen the movie of world war Z, yeah 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 then the kind of like swarms that happen in that that can go over walls and this comic predates that as far as i know
1: i'm pretty sure it does um it's like 2007
0: Maybe, like, someone read it and liked that visual and nicked it for the World War Z movie. But it, it's that kind of thing where they're able to, like...
1: Combine. <laughs> Swarm. Yeah. Basically, yeah. The,
0: if, you, if you've if you seen the first episode of Gravity Falls, the things, <laughs> the, the, the things that the gnomes do it's to that. make the big gnome... It's that, but zombies. It's exactly that, yeah. And like, there's, there's a naked person with no genitals or anus in the middle of it. And three problem. irises. And three irises
1: yeah it's fantastic that that's the scene in the the first volume where you're like ah so i should just stop guessing what's gonna (laughs) gonna happen now because that was very unexpected and the the whole story goes into this insane (laughs) but wonderful you know journey adventure where they got to go capture one of these guys they bring it back to the they're in and out of the detention center and there's the other guy oh man what's his name the guy who can see two seconds into the future he's kind of a weirdo but i like him shit yeah he's uh, kind of like i don't like, think i wrote his name down he's he's kind of like the head inmate yeah he's like
0: crazy fucked up <laughs> and he he kind of does have like legit like precog powers where whether it's like he can read body language well enough that they don't really you know,
1: explain yeah
0: yeah it's it's like this one of, one of one of my favorite things about the comic is like how little it explains even something as simple as like can this guy actually like legit see to like two seconds into the future I think... or is he the, is he just that good at reading people and sort of puts this about as kind of like you know as like uh, an almost like making himself like kind of a legendary thing to make people not mess with him because there is a point where our, our favorite character tries to just randomly stab him in the middle of a conversation <laughs> but he's ready for him
1: he's constantly ready for it like that happens yeah. a few times <laughs> uh but that's something i like about the series is it's like it doesn't feel the need to try to explain why this character can see, you know, two seconds into the future or whatever, because there's zombies and like, who cares? Why he can see two seconds into the future? It's like
0: we've kind of got bigger fish to fry. Yeah, in
1: you know, and uh, you you get these backstories of these characters, and it explains aspects of them, but it's not meant. I don't think it's meant to be like even necessarily super emotional about them. It's just kind of reflective, almost like it's a it's a way to break up the body horror. You know what I mean? Like it it I I like the characters and there's only one I really particularly really liked, but a lot of them were just kind of like they're there and I like them, but if they died, I'd be like, okay. <laughs> you know, and that's that's kind of good in a zombie story because if you get too attached to characters then you lose people really easily if the one they really like dies and blah 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 and then people get wrapped up in who's going to live and who's going to die and they're not really paying attention to The body horror or whatever your main actual focus is so i thought that was a good balance so you still got to know the characters better and understand them but it wasn't to the point where you you needed them to survive if that makes sense that's how i felt when i was reading it anyway yeah so but yeah and it just it gets crazy again i don't even really know there's there's all these other mini like subplots and things that fold into the 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 big ongoing you know I guess mystery of what's going on with these zombies but it's not really about what happened or how it came about it's more about you know survival first of all and in such a way that it's kind of apathetic survival even you know what I mean <laughs> like at one, yeah. at one point they uh, this like cult religious fanatic cult of the child of light I think they call themselves and they're trying to find the the nakey mountain man of zombies (laughs) and uh they think he's like the savior or whatever they think he's like zombie jesus yeah he's zombie jesus and uh they have the kids on the rooftop and they're like look tell us where zombie jesus is or we shoot you or you can turn into a zombie and (laughs) our our favorite yoshikoya yoshioka sorry uh was like you know i'm just gonna jump and he just just jumps and i was like nice dude (laughs) like i would be really upset if he died he doesn't but you know and i just i love that kind of level it's because they're teens they're already in a detention center like they're just kind of they're surviving and they want to survive but at the same time if you're gonna really put a wall against them they're like eh whatever (laughs) and i just i don't know it's such an interesting aspect to a survival story
0: i like yoshioka because he is exactly the kind of kid who would kill himself out of spite yeah (laughs) like not even like as like a dramatic thing just like in the moment
1: yeah and i i don't know i thought that was unique for a survival story where it's usually like deep sobbing and crying and like struggle and yeah they they have those moments it's just not the focus the main focus is is body horror yeah
0: (laughs) A lot of the time with the kids, it's like, listen, we were already kind of fucked up before this whole thing started. Like, um, especially what's his name, the big guy. Oh, Iwakura. Yeah, and, like Iwakura. Like his whole backstory is that he was like a child soldier. Yeah. And 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 shit like that. So he he's like got baggage to say the least. Neumann's like the, the like a lot. Like you don't find out like when when you you get introduced to the characters, you're not told like why they're in prison and you're like the will like over, over the course of the series it does like flashbacks and you see sort of the the things that like the reason that they ended up there and again we don't really get yoshioka's because it's kind of like his, his is supposed to just be a kind of almost like pedestrian like he he's kind of like the criminal everyman in that it wasn't this like big sort of earth-shaking, like, like, super dramatic thing. I think it's just, he was just kind of a shitty kid. <laughs> yeah. Who just, like, fell, who fell into bad ways and ended up in prison.
1: And I think that's a good line through to his character, though, where he is just kind of this middle ground of, he's not super extreme one way or the other, and he doesn't really play the game of, like, oh, you know, let's be friends and like me. And, like, <laughs> I mean, he does have those currents underneath, but it's not outwardly
0: his concern or problem the the few sort of like moment like my my favorite moments in the series are Yoshioka moments and there's there's two like the two that like really stick out in my mind is one where they're traveling to a place for a reason which happens a couple of times over the course of the <laughs> thing and one of the things that like they stop at an arcade and it's like the arcade that his mom owned and he like they stop at this arcade like just just so he can play pinball and kind of like get he kind of like gets closure by playing pinball
1: yeah that's one of my favorite parts too
0: the others kind of like let him have that moment and the other moment that i really liked and it's like it's so weird to, like in this like comic where like so many weird things happened to say that this is maybe my favorite moment in the comic is when they're traveling they stop at like a roadside diner <laughs> and he and he cooks for them because he's like and he just mentions like, yeah, you know, I, I worked in a kitchen once. And he just has that moment where he cooks for them and then he has and then he has a smoke. And it's like for, for whatever reason, that was my favorite thing in the whole comic.
1: That's one of my favorite chapters.
0: That little sort of moment where you see sort of more into this character where it's like they stop somewhere and he's like, Fuck yeah, I'm gonna cook for everyone.
1: That that whole chapter is just them going through the city and it's kind of like a buddy road trip. Ship- chapter where they stop and they get food and they kind of goof off they even like laugh at some of the zombies that are doing dumb stuff like they're not they're just kind of traveling through and uh, I think that's my favorite chapter too I mean a lot of the horror stuff is really cool and gross i always say cool when it comes to this and it's like it's funny because it's not a good word for it it doesn't express what i feel it's like i'm horrified but laughing you know what i mean that's what it feels like a large bulk of this comic is going for like very audacious
2: yeah I think.
1: like i don't think it's supposed to be ha, hilarious funny but i think an aspect of it is supposed to be like isn't this weird like look at this <laughs> ew <laughs>
0: it might sound a little sort of reductive but if i had to liken this to anything it would be the work of junji ito not just for like for the body horror but um one of junji Ito's stories uh is called gyo <laughs> which is about fart zombies and there's a fart zombie land shark tank mecha thing and for me like the, the the moment where i saw the moment with the dog zombies Like the, like the sort of closest equivalent moment I've had reading manga like that was reading Gyo when the the zombie fart shark comes out of the sea on its (laughs) mecha legs. And you're like, okay.
1: Of course. No, you're. That wasn't,
0: that wasn't (laughs) what I was expecting. And I don't know what, and like, and at that point it's like, whatever you thought you were expecting, you were wrong. (laughs) And it just goes on to become completely wild. My my one of my favorite aspects of the whole thing was the fact that the child, the sort of the the church of light, like the 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 zombie Jesus cultists, their plan is <laughs> completely undone because they wrongly assumed that Japanese teenagers would be unfamiliar with the names of the cast of Thomas. The Tank I Indian. was
1: going to bring that up. I was like, this is the <laughs> whole reason I'm reading this, isn't it?
0: no it's not it's <laughs> know, like
2: it's just funny <laughs>
0: it's it's just like part way through it's like because when they introduce themselves they call them they call themselves like gordon and percy and Daisy. henry and stuff yeah yeah and i'm like oh that's funny it's like they've obviously like you know i thought that was a joke that the writers were doing and then the character like the, the kids in the prison are like you guys notice they're all named after Thomas characters. What the fuck's up with that? <laughs> like and that that's the reason that they don't trust them. And it's like that was such a funny moment to me. Where it's like and it it's it's so stupid as well. Like it, it it's like it's such a stupid plan on their part because Thomas is huge in Japan. It's huge. Thomas and Friends is, is like a multi like a multimedia like franchise behemoth at this point. But it's like especially big in Japan. They love Thomas, they have like day out with Thomas. Like things where they have like an actual engine. Like they they sell toys of the Japanese model of steam engine that they refit into Thomas the Tank Engine for the actual day out with Thomas. You know, you can you can buy like specific Japanese Thomas merchandise. That's how much they're into Thomas the Tank Engine. The
1: Tank Engine is named Hero. I
0: think. There is yeah, there's, there's there's a Japanese engine in the show called Hero because they've they've sort of opened up Thomas the Tank Engine to be like a global thing, which is really cool because it brings in like engine designs from all over the world but it's like it's so funny to me that these like i think this like it's implied that they're american characters yeah completely completely underestimated the effectiveness of their plan over something as stupid as like we'll just name ourselves after thomas because it could because it could have because it could have been anything but they chose probably like the one group of anglicized names (laughs) that would be most familiar to japanese to japanese kids because like you know most of these kids like it's it's probably been like 10 years for some of them yeah like it's it's been it's like it's been comparatively recent that they were like probably watching thomas the tank engine and it's such it's such a stupid, goofy moment, but it's given such like incredible dramatic weight and it like it kind of encapsulates what I like about the comic.
1: That's a good one, yeah. That is a good explanation.
0: You know, it's so silly on its face, but a lot of the time you know, life is often very, very silly in very serious ways. And that's such a good encapsulation of that moment. That it's it's one it's one of like the main things that I like about the comic. Not just because like You know, I liked Thomas the Tank Engine when I was little and I liked trains and stuff. And, you know, and I've got that level of familiarity. But, I don't know, it's just just funny that, like, when it happened, I thought it was, like, the writers doing a joke. And then it turned out to be this, like, incredibly significant plot point.
1: Well, it's funny because a lot of the whole momentum of the plot is this consistent underestimation of these characters who aren't, you know super remarkable or anything they're a bit extreme in backstory and whatever but they they have like a a normalcy to them and everything they come up against whether it's monsters or other people are just kind of like oh what are these kids gonna do you know but it ends up (laughs) it turns out they can do absolutely anything (laughs) including eventually make their own giant (laughs) zombie horde buildings towers and things so you know it's just an interesting continuous thing the series does so there
0: was one like I remember that when I recommended this to you there was a point where I like made sure to check if there was something that you were going to be okay with and that was the fact that there is like a recurring character who is a zombified child and I'm kind of wondering how like you felt about it while you were reading it
1: I initially i was it's upsetting and you know in general and it's presented and meant to be that way so that was like within normal parameters for me and then this character becomes like (laughs) i don't know i don't know how to it's one of those things where it's like a what the hell moment that's (laughs) this series does really well um but yeah he like becomes like a ninja basically for a little bit, and just murders a bunch of people, like this, like um, ninja zombie five year old, yeah. And that scene, I was like, the fuck, <laughs> like you know, I was like, damn. Um, so that kind of may add an element to it of goofy and acceptable and all that. My only problem with the the character is that you don't that one in particular, you don't get any real resolution for, and I I want it to be like happy ending, and you don't really. No, so that's one where i was like oh <laughs> man <laughs> so uh i i think that'd be the only thing where i was like oh that made me here but <laughs> overall it was fine and again that's for me it's still images and comics is, is very different than mo- a moving thing yeah so it, i was fine
0: that that's good because i was like that was that was one of the things that i was concerned about i mean obviously it like, it wasn't it wasn't so much that you were like you know would like clutch your pearls over it or anything <laughs> like that but i just i was just mindful of the fact that as like someone who is a parent of two small children that whether that might sort of be a bit too real but i i i think it was like the sort of eventual goofiness because it it the, the interesting thing about the character and cuz like mostly they exist as a plot point for for most of the comic, and it's just like, um, his dad <laughs> is kind of like heavily in denial about the fact oh, that his yeah. son is a zombie, and he's like, he's like had to like wind up like his arms and legs like, and head and like he's basically just he's he's had to essentially mummify his own kid in duct tape because he turned into a zombie, and he's like heavily in denial about it, and they they just have to like because like he he him and his him and his friend end up living in the prison because they because they pick up our like protagonists when they're on the road yeah. for their mission to the military base to get weapons because they've because he, he, he owned like a firework shop yeah he's like a and family he's, like, this, now shop. he's this like yeah and now he's like an explosives expert he's got like an armored van and like that in itself is pretty cool and him and his friend end up like living in the prison like in exchange for like they've like bartered their expertise and, like, one of the sort of stipulations is by the way, his, like, his zombie kid has to live here as well. And, like, that's, like, initially a problem, but the, like, it gets worked past mostly through, like, teen violence. <laughs> yeah. um, murder. Murder. And the 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 thing that sort of that struck me about the character is, like, that's, like, a little kid like, having, like, y- you can imagine like, a different version of this. Like, I, you know, maybe, like, an America, like, a Hollywood remake of this <laughs> would have like, an actual, like, living six-year-old, and they'd be like, the little girl from Aliens, you know, or you'd have this, like, little ki- little kid in with all these, like, teenagers and stuff, but, like, again, it, like, it just completely subverts any kind of expectations you might have, and it's like, no, like, there is a little kid, but they don't say it, like, that. essentially a walking corpse yeah. for most of the thing, and, like, and that's fucked up, but it's, like, It's fucked up in a very interesting way, which I think is is probably a pretty good summation of of the comic as a whole. Yeah, it's interesting. What sort of the thing that one of the things that I found really interesting is like the the kids in the prison. Like as much as they obviously like chafed under the like the warden and the um, prison officers and stuff that they would have had to deal with, and like you know (laughs) it's it's like boarding school, but with any sort of veneer of it being a child prison like yeah. removed and, and you don't get to go home for the holidays like uh, w- when the shit hits the fan after the sort of brief moment of like euphoria they do kind of, like the a lot of these like teenage guys do become very like almost desperate to have an authority figure again yeah it's like they want someone to tell them what to do, and they want someone else to make the decisions. Which is kind of like how our like precog friend ends up kind of being like the king of the prison, because he's obviously like he's like the hardest, like most mental bastard in there. So he's everyone kind of defers to him anyway because he's basically like un he's he is unfuckable. You yeah. cannot fuck him, <laughs> and you know, and then like when the cultists turn up like posing as UN, yeah, like uh, like a relief force. Like loads of them are like really, really quick to buy into the fiction that they're that they're being peddled, and I think a lot of it is just that they're kind of just relieved that they that, like someone else is making the decisions again. Yeah, and a lot of like the sort of protagonist, like the the four characters that we mostly follow through the series, it's like they they're kind of out even like at the very beginning, they're kind of outsiders and they kind of remain that all the way through the thing obviously because like they've got the you know because they're the protagonists they get the most development and stuff but at the same time they they are like set apart from a lot of the sort of other like inmate population because they're like they're the ones who go to the head bastard in charge and point out like the inconsistencies in these, like, adults' stories and stuff. Like, they're the ones, like, they, you know... Obviously, like, that, you know, all of them, like, have, like, no reason to trust adults. Yeah. For, like, v- like, for various reasons. But, like, it's interesting how, like, how that plays out. Because, especially Maeda, my, my because, like... Right. How incompetent must his lawyer have been? Right. Because the thing... Because, like, he essentially gets sent to prison for... F- finding a body literally literally all that happens is he finds a dead body and the police just seem to have gone well no he must have done it you know yeah. and we we never find out like really any specifics of the case like who the person was like was was them dying was that supposed to be like an early example of someone being killed by a zombie or like you know or anything like that but it's like this kid finds a dead body and ends up going to prison because it's it's kind of just assumed that he must have done it. <laughs> it's like you couldn't hang a hat on that. Yeah. But you know, it and obviously like there's like a meta, you know, element to it where they just needed they want they wanted a main character who'd gone to prison, but they didn't want it like the main character to be an actual criminal, which I think is a bit weird. <laughs> like they kind of like they they kind of almost wanted to have their cake and eat it too where it's like, oh yeah, this kid's in prison but he doesn't deserve to be in prison. Not like these other kids. They deserve to be locked up. And, you know, maybe they, like, do. <laughs> in some in some sense. But it, it's kind of like... Obviously that was to sort of emphasise Maeda being an out. He's kind of like an outsider even within a group of outsiders. Yeah. But at the same time it's kind of like... I think it maybe would have been more interesting if he actually had killed someone. It, it gets to the point where you just think, it, it's almost becoming comical how bad this kid's life is getting. Yeah. Like, the, the, there comes a point where if you shit on a character enough, it starts to become funny.
1: <laughs> well, with with Maida, I think he starts out kind of a blank slate and he gets the least definition of everybody. But I think the one thing he has coming in and bringing into the group is that he has he is the normal kid. So, when everyone else's first instinct is to shoot or to cut someone's throat or to stab or to do whatever else, he's the one that's hesitating and it's like, maybe we do something else instead. And that becomes a bit more normal as more things go to shit. These characters that originally were ready to, you know, basically murder other kids in the jail or in the detention center are hesitating for zombie children and for, you know, other people. And I I think that that's not as forefront as it would be in a lot of other survival stories and things like that. But I, I think that is his main catalyst that he pulls in as a character. And I him being, you know, not really criminal is an interesting way to put it. Because you can still be that and still also be like the heart of the group or whatever. It's a story. You can do whatever you want. But I I think it's as simple as... The easiest plot device. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, but I I feel ya. He's kind of the least... He has that case of where they try to make him the most interesting, but he's still kind of not gonna ever be that.
0: Because he's the most normal one, he's the one who's also, like, like you said, like, gets, like, the least definition. Because even, like, Yoshioka, who is still, like, reasonably, like... Like I said, like, his sort of, like, criminal history... Is like so pedestrian. It's not even really like covered, shown yeah. in any in any specific detail. Whereas you've got like Irokura's, is like entire you know, he story. Was, like, he, yeah, he was like a former child soldier, and you got Neumann like with his whole thing and his whole like. Sit, like the reason that he's in prison is very fucked up, and, and then you've you've got Maeda who's kind of like. He's like gone to prison by accident. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's like the storytelling thing where you have a character who is an, who is an outsider. There's obviously supposed to be that kind of like pathos where you are supposed to like feel for this kid. And it's like, Oh, he's not even really supposed to be here. But then there's that kind of like, I think it actually comes up in the story where they say, if he hadn't been in prison, he would probably be dead. Yeah. If you know, he finds out his fam, you know, he finds out his family's all been killed by the zombies. And it's like, and he kind of like does have that moment. It's like, if I hadn't been like wrongly convicted for murder, I probably would have died with them and it's interesting that i i I knew that i like even if we didn't do a podcast episode about it i would have had to share this comic with you because like you're one of the people that i think would most who would be like be most up for what it's doing but at the same time it's like it's such a like a weird thing because it does have all this like very very like earnest character stuff as well as the very very goofy zombie story, yeah, with the like psychic, the naked psychic zombie Jesuses with no genitals, and the dog zombies,
2: yeah,
1: <laughs>
0: and 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 the zo- the the ninja zombie five year olds,
2: ninja zombie five,
0: and but it also has like very very serious things like you know this character was a child soldier, and this character is like a, a victim of you know parental abuse and stuff, and it's very very like there's lots of like very very like things that we associate with very serious fiction and a lot of the a lot of the time like stuff like that when it's in like a very very goofy like genre story it can seem sometimes a little gratuitous or exploitative but like just personally when i read when i read the comic it it worked because it's like because it wasn't done as, like, oh, this is, like, a shocking reveal. It's kind of, like, it was giving you the context for why characters are the way they are. It wasn't that it wasn't portrayed as a big deal. But it's, like, it was the way that they portrayed it is there is a context for why everyone is the way that they are. Well, I mean, we do kind of, we kind of get, like, a little bit of context even for Yoshioka where he talks about just, like, arguing with his mum. You can kind of get an insight into his character and, like, what might have led him to end up in prison it's
1: a good balance and combination between insinuating and kind of letting the reader feel it out themselves with some characters and other characters being more explicit like this is what happened and but it's done in a way where it's only really matters or is important to that individual character and the reader so it doesn't feel like look at this pain look at this horror you know on a shared scale it's very much like an insular personal thing and it breaks up the zombie aspects so it it works really well for this series but if it was done a different way and it tried to focus on like the character talking to everybody saying well i killed a man and my mother this and blah blah that would have made it feel a lot more exploitive you know what i mean it would have felt different
0: a criticism that i know lots of people have made about stuff like the walking dead because I know people who've like who've who used to like read the Walking Dead comic or watch the TV show, and I've had like a more than more than like a few people have said to me that they had they had to stop because it it was like too depressing. Yeah, it's like every everything's just shitty and bad all the time. And Fortress of the Apocalypse does a a better job of mitigating that because you will go from like very like serious <laughs> character stuff like to like the wacky zombie bullshit. And then also just like, just like funny interactions. Like there's a there's a scene like not 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 to sort of spoil things too much, but there's a scene where a character has been bitten by a zombie, and they're trying to see if he's turning into a Bokor. So <laughs> he basically gets forcibly undressed by his friends to see if his dick's fallen off. Yeah. And like it, the, like the chapter ends on this like the like this like horrified like reaction shot. And it's like, you think, oh my god, he, you know, he's obviously, he's turning into this naked zombie Jesus. And then immediately you find out the reason that they look like that is because he's got a much larger penis than they were (laughs) expecting. And it's like, it's ratcheting between, like, that kind of, like, subversion of expectation and, like, the kind of, like, bait and switch that it does with, like, like, like you, like you mentioned earlier, it's like when they mention the dog thing, you think, oh, there's, like, obviously you know, dogs are susceptible to the virus as well, because you think of things yeah, like yeah. Resident Evil. And I think it's like, it's obviously intentionally priming readers to think of things like that, so that it then completely subvert their expectations. by like, I actually no, it's people. It's people <laughs> who've turned into fucked up dog zombies.
1: <laughs> they have human Deal hands! It's the hands that really sell it. I can't stress that enough. <sighs>
0: yeah, it's weird.
1: <laughs> well, one of my absolute- this is another part- <laughs> Oh my god! So th- that that chapter we talked about that we re- I really I think we both really really liked where nothing really happens and they're just getting through Tokyo right and there's a scene where they go to the shore and there's all these blobbous seal people now but they're like they're zombies so they have like these disgusting weird faces and but they're big blobs and they look kind of like walruses or seals or whatever and <laughs> Neumann's like. Uh, I'm going to go mess one of these up, you know, like just I'm going to get a sample or whatever because he's a scientist kid. And he gets out of the car and he looks at the ocean and all the creepy things turn and stare at him. He's staring at them. And then there's this panel of this like whale morphed, terrible, disgusting human zombie blob that comes ashore and like eats one of the other ones and neumann's just staring at it and he's staring back and then it like starts doing that seal wobble but it's it's drawn in a way where it's so funny and neumann just gets back in the car and they drive away (laughs) it's so funny
0: it's a brilliant nope yeah
1: i i there's like four pages dedicated to it i'm like oh my god thank you (laughs) so good no one says anything it's just completely silent i loved it so much it's
0: and it, it's great because like he gets back in the car and you can like literally see like every single character is like we are never speaking yeah, of this we're again. never
1: gonna bring this up
0: <laughs> we'll, we'll just forget this ever happened
1: and that's why i like this comic because it's horrific and it's horrible <laughs> and they acknowledge it's horrific and horrible because they're all like oh my god but it's absolutely hysterical at the same time and <laughs> They just, nope, get back in the car and no one says anything. <laughs> they just drive away. I love it.
2: I'm,
0: I'm glad that you did. It's like, I, like I said, when I read it, I thought this is, like, of all the people that I know, I think you would probably be like the one who enjoyed it most. And it's worked out really well that we do a podcast about that. <laughs> Yay! If you had to liken this to, like, anything oh, else that you'd read or seen or, like, any other piece <sighs> of media, is there anything even?
2: I mean,
1: as far as the experience of that very, very specific ew, but laughing and being impressed and having fun while moments dip into being really, really intense, I'd probably say Carpenter's the Thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's on a similar level for me. Because every time I we'll watch that movie, it's like laugh-inducing gross. And then there's scenes where it is really intense and it is a good balance, you know, between being laugh out loud funny intentionally funny awkward slash horrific and then genuinely scary and uh i think that's the best one i can think of as far as like zombie stories maybe night of the living dead 2 the one in the mall
0: um dawn of the dead
1: thank you
0: yeah yeah it's a lot I, I would say this, if anything, is closer to the Return of the Living Dead series. Because, obviously, uh, George, George Romero made um, Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. And then John Russo, who worked with George Romero on Night of the Living Dead, wrote a novel called Return of the Living Dead. And basically, if you'll notice that like, the first film is called Night of the Living Dead, and then it's just Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead, and like Land of the Dead and Diary of the Dead. Because the series kind of split in two, and two singular visions. And so you've got the Dead the dead series by George Romero, and then there's John Russo's kind of, like, spin-off series, um, which is The Living Dead, where you've got, like, Return of the Living Dead and its sequels. Oh. And the zombies in that, like, th- those are much wackier because there's like the zombies in that are like you know that they are like nigh on killable it's like it's it's not just remove the head or destroy the brain it's like you know there's like seen there's like bits of like a zombie's arm trying to kill someone that's been cut off an ambulance turns up at a graveyard where there's been like reports of like zombies killing people and the the ambulance stops and the paramedics get out and look around and <laughs> then they just get like swarmed by zombies and they get eaten and then one of the zombies picks up the radio in the ambulance and goes, "Send more paramedics."
1: <laughs> that does sound. Yeah.
0: It's like a zombie order and takeout. It's the thing that really works for me about it is that it, the horror is, a lot of the time very very wacky and silly, in a way that horror does really well. But it works because it's still horrifying for the people in the story. Yeah, like our sort of like point of view characters. Like the scene that you mentioned on, on the beach. It's like. <laughs> To us as a reader, with that sort of level of removal from the events that's like you know set up payoff punchline like it has that kind of like joke construction, but you think about like the way that if that was to happen to you yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: it's like that probably would fuck you up to like and like l- leave you in silence yeah.
1: i'd I'd also say it's a bit not quite as kooky, but it's it's a bit army of darkness ish in the sense that. It is intertwining humour with, you know, horror. (laughs) I think it's better done than Army of Darkness, (laughs) but it has that kind of, you know, uh, specific, almost cultish quality to it. And I think it's designed that way on
0: purpose. Horror that has a sort of comedic bent. The stuff that does it most effectively is the ones where the, like, horror element stays like a believable threat and that does this really well. Like, you know, because I've seen like, you know, zombie things where, like zombie comedies where the zombies are like an inconvenience at most. Yeah. And it's kind of, those kind of like feel a bit hollow and then you've got sort of, you know, an example I think would be Shaun of the Dead. I was going to say Shaun of the Dead has a good balance. Yeah. It's like lots of like interpersonal comedy, but there's also, you know, the the threat is still very real. And that's something that that, um, Fortress of the Apocalypse does really well. Is that it's like it's like a lot of it is completely like off the wall, like a dog zombie, like to uh, like on on like literally on paper that is like silly, but if you're like if you were like in the same places as you like, you know, it's it's a zombie that can run after you on all fours. It's like that, you know, that is incredibly fucked up and incredibly dangerous. Yeah, and like you know, it's it's like a very credible threat. And, and that's, like, why it, that's why it works so well, is because it, it strikes, like, an absolute perfect balance between, like, the, the horror, the actual, like, meaningful, like, character stuff and just, like, all of the silliness.
1: <laughs> well, I loved it. I'm thankful you put it in my orbit. Like, so many of, or all the things, usually, <laughs> that are suggested my way. Yeah, I... I it's one of those things now where I'm like, who can I tell <laughs> to read this so I can be like, I know, right? <laughs> I'll have to think of somebody.
0: We've we've already established that one of those people will not be your husband. No. Because...
1: Oh, it's, a, it's a combination he, where he's he, like, maybe if I read it.
0: He peaced out at the dog zombies. <laughs> yeah,
1: it was because it's like middle of the night and he's trying to go to sleep. And I'm like, look, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the timing on my part has something to do with it. But uh, he likes that kind of stuff too. So maybe if I if I be like, no, really, though, you, you should really read it. Maybe, especially since I have it all on my <laughs> tablet. It's already here. How convenient! Yeah.
0: So, did you have anything else?
1: Uh, n- no. Fortress of the Apocalypse or Fort of the Apocalypse is really intense. And it is not an exercise in apocalyptic realism; it is an exercise in humanoid dog people running on their hands and If that sounds awesome to you, then you should definitely check it out. That's all I got. That's my ending there
0: <laughs> it's 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 like it there, there I think there is a very high bar to entry, and I think it's it's like i think of of a a lot of the things that we've talked about on this show that we do, it's probably the one that like most people probably wouldn't get on with.
1: <laughs> I think both of these this time around might yeah. be a bit decisive. You know what v- I mean.
0: Very, 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 very esoteric Asian media, um, <laughs> which might as you know, which at times could basically just be like the alternative title for this podcast. Sometimes. Um. Um. So I, I'm, I'm very glad you enjoyed it.
1: Well, I'm glad you liked Busted, and that I look forward to watching the second and... season with you.
0: Yeah, that's that's something that we definitely need to do. So, um yeah. This was the Wreckers. This is a thing that me and Christy do hopefully more frequently than every six <laughs> months, but we'll see.
1: Yeah, no promises.
0: <laughs> so um we like recommend media that we've enjoyed to each other and then we get together and talk about it. I have a proposal for a slight change going forward. <gasps> I haven't I I had an idea for doing it as like a season two. And the change that I've propo- that I propose going forward is we ha- we usually we do the usual thing where we have an episode where we talk where we recommend things to each other, and I think after that, when when we get back together to talk about the stuff that we like read or watched or whatever, I think it would be an idea going forward if we did like an individual episode about each thing. There because there will be times when the things that we're talking about are so different that. Having them as separate episodes, I think would like with each of them having their own sort of like room to breathe, yeah, might be better
1: that does sound like a good idea, I like it
0: like the the previous like round of episodes that we did prior to this one was you recommended me this like very serious like post apocalyptic like fantasy series, and I recommended you a daft cartoon from the nineteen eighties, <laughs> and it was kind of very weird to talk about both of those things in one session, so. I think going forward, we're going to like split it up a little bit more, where there's going to be like more breathing room between each thing. So the first so.
1: one will be the same, where you do, your, you do your suggestion, I do my suggestion, or whichever. And then the next, when we get back together, we'll still record probably in one go, but it'll be like, here's the one, it'll be, here's yeah, the other. Yeah,
0: it'll, re- it'll be structured and released as two separate episodes. Gotcha. So I think that's probably... I and mean, th- 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 That'd be worth trying at the very least. Yeah, give it a go. So this has been The Wreckers it's it's a thing that we do whenever we have the time which you know maybe like you know don't don't expect episodes frequently but (laughs) we're we're gonna try and do them we're working
1: on it if life would leave (laughs) us alone
0: so thanks for joining us join us next time when we we have like and like a new round of stuff to recommend to each other so until then we'll see you on twitter probably
1: bye aloha